were getting a lot of consultations from our colleagues in gastroenterology for their patients with intestinal inflammatory disease and that they were having cutaneous manifestations. And it had come out that you could potentially have paradoxical cutaneous reactions that you weren't going to expect. That was Dr. Catherine McQuaig, a pediatric dermatologist at Montreal St. Justine University Hospital Center. Dr. McQuaig is also a clinical professor of dermatology and pediatrics at the University of Montreal. She's our guest in this episode of JCMS Author Interviews. I'm your host, Kirk Barber, the editor-in-chief of Journal Cutaneous Medicine and Surgery and a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Calgary. Today we're speaking with Dr. McQuaig about her article in our July-August 2020 issue of the JCMS. The article is entitled, Skin Manifestations in Pediatric Patients Treated with a TNF-Alpha Inhibitor for Inflammatory Bowel Disease, a retrospective study. I chose this because it shows us the pediatric side of this cutaneous side effect. And it's a large study, it has controls, and uh, I'm very excited to hear Dr. McQuaig talk about this. Well, Catherine, thank you very much for joining me today to discuss uh, the article that you and your colleagues uh, uh, have in the Journal of Cutaneous Medicine and Surgery of July, August 2020. Well, thank you for the invitation. You looked at uh, patients with IBD and their cutaneous side effects. Uh, tell me what prompted you to look at research and, uh, and, and write this manuscript for us. I'm glad to share our experience with you. Um, we noticed that we were getting a lot of consultations from our colleagues in gastroenterology for their patients with intestinal inflammatory disease and that they were having cutaneous manifestations. And it had come out that uh, you could potentially have paradoxical cutaneous reactions that you weren't going to expect in this population necessarily. And so they would be phoning us uh, to, to see the patients the day of. And uh, Dr. Atami in particular got a resident very involved in this. So Dr. Annie Genois, who now uh, practices in uh, Repentigny, um, she was spearheaded this article and pushed ahead and to do the research project. And then our fellow who had come in from Chile was able to carry it forward. So Dr. Marie-Laure Cossio was able to help uh, significantly with putting our information together, uh, doing the statistical analysis and uh, writing up our, our, our article for publication in the JCMS. I was impressed. I mean, this is not just a descriptive article. It really had, you had comparative figures. You looked at large data, large number, the 343 patients that were over mm -hmm. 19, that were under 19 year, years of age and 40 of them referred to your pediatric dermatology center. But I was really impressed by the fact that most, well, certainly most of the literature is on adults, not in children. And, mm -hmm. and we need more in the, on the, on the pediatric side for sure. And the fact that you have a control group, most mm -hmm. work I see is done descriptively. You know, we the, we saw this many patients with this much condition, but you're starting to look at that population and to see what the background problem, cutaneous problems are. So mm -hmm. I was really impressed, and and I hope you're planning a uh, prospective trial uh, to look at this. And we indeed are. So 
We've continued to enroll patients in our study and are hoping in the next few years to gather enough data that to make an interesting analysis going forward. And we have the group of patients that do not take biologic medications, as well as those with biologics. And we'll see if, if they, we can tease out a difference in, in incidence in those two groups, as well as presentation. Are there clinical variants? Yeah, well, let's talk about that for a second because, yeah. in the adult side, one of the clues we get is that uh, that that people get unusual presentations of psoriasis, or or they get uh, um, you know palms and soles only involved. Something something's a bit odd, and certainly mm -hmm. odd for them because they many of them didn't have any skin disease at all before. So it struck me that your group had a pretty particular clinical presentation. Can you highlight that for us? Yes. So in case of paradoxical psoriasis arising in patients on anti-TNFs primarily, um, we found that the psoriasis was kind of weeping and, and was more uh, localized to, we would see it in the scalp, but also folds like the retroauricular area, even perinasal and uh, perioral folds we'd see it and it was often very impetigenized. So in our patient population, we had uh, 40 patients with 45 types of skin lesions and 20% uh, of the uh, patients with psoriasis had uh, bacterial infection to which they responded better by adding either a topical or a systemic antibiotic to the corticosteroid. It was, the other thing that struck me about this group was there wasn't this uh, quick flip to a new drug. Right. Many of these people, many of these children responded very nicely to conventional therapy based at, at their skin disease. Yes, because um, the there was a previous study out of uh, Hospital for Sick Children uh, where in their experience, they often had to change the biologic in up to 17% of cases. But for us, it was really the exception. I think there was really only one patient who had to be changed to, to a different biologic due to the skin complications. Do you recall, so these children present, they get treated, and they're staying on their, their anti-TNF biologic. Was maintenance therapy required for, for many of them, or was it a single event? Um, we left them with renewals for the, um, but for most cases, it, it, it could be limited. Uh, we did have some cases that recurred and uh, they knew to be on with wet compresses, the topical steroid that we would often uh, use a, a mid-strength corticosteroid. And um, we would uh, add a topical antibiotic right away. And that could negate the need for a systemic antibiotic when the second flare happens. But most of the patients didn't continue to have um, the flares as such. And so they developed these lesions and they would go away for some time. They, they weren't necessarily chronic in all cases. So you weren't getting the sense that you were getting phone calls every few weeks Oh, it's back, it's back, it's back. Right. It's more a matter of you treated and they got long-term remissions, if you will, yeah. from, from these yes. things. And because they responded so quickly, they were able to self-initiate treatment. It sounds mm -hmm. like. That's right. so, so perhaps a lesson uh, 
for the adult side uh, of our world because we're very quick to switch biologics now in mm -hmm. this instance. Well, if they have good control of their um, inflammatory bowel disease, we're happy to leave them on the agent yeah, that's working for that. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh -huh. and, and, it's, yeah. and you allow it to happen by managing their skin. Mm -hmm. So the other thing um, that sort of struck me about this was the lag, the latency. So it was, mm -hmm. it was you know, 13 months. Uh, so over a year on, you know, they get their gut controlled. Everything looks like it's going along wonderfully. Then right. boom, they have some cutaneous uh, um, event or flare, as you put it. Right, exactly. And uh, that too was uh, surprising to us that it didn't come on uh, a little bit faster in terms of temporal association. Uh, many of these children also had a family history of psoriasis, for instance. Uh, however, that was not statistically significant in our group. Yeah. So, and and, and it, you, you make the point in your discussion that that long lag phase isn't necessarily out of keeping with what your colleagues have seen in other pediatric groups that they've described. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So our, our data was consistent with uh, what, what is out there in the literature. Right. Well, um, rates of switching uh, were extremely low. The latency we, we, we talked about. Is there anything else that you learned that, uh, that would be uh, worthwhile sharing with, with us? Well, I think the uh, characteristic sites for the presentation of psoriasis being uh, the, the folds and this weeping, uh, impetigenized presentation. Uh, that I have learned has also arises in adults with uh, paradoxical psoriasis. That was quite interesting. And the fact that we were able to manage with topicals uh, to keep them under control was also reassuring. We had very few patients with pommel plantar presentation and certainly that did not interfere with them pursuing their uh, anti-TNF. Anti in the protocol at Saint-Justin, the patients are all put on Remicade initially and then only changed if there's a problem with that. Does that include the group that you, um, yes. you reviewed or is this a new yes. event? No, that's, that's... So every one of these children, all 343 patients, yes. are on infliximab to start? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. In terms and, of biologic, yeah. Right. And so would they, and only change if there's some issue with the Remicade, would they then be changed to adalibumab, for example? Yes. So either they're put on adalibumab or ustekinumab. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, but prior to that, they will, will sometimes add methotrexate in low doses, probably about half the dose that we would give if it was uh, outright psoriasis, uh, in terms of if they're concerned about antibody development. And so they'll, they'll put certain patients on that prior to changing their biologic. So if you're on Remicade and mm -hmm. you're you're not seeing effect, the meth the methotrexate may have been added on for bowel disease control. That's it. Mm -hmm. And and may have you so your incidence of cutaneous side effects may have been higher. True. Yeah. It, but not the majority higher. added uh, methotrexate, but probably somewhere in the order of ten uh, to twenty uh, percent. Okay. Well, yeah. the, mm -hmm. the, the, the prospective look at this, I'm sure will clarify right. that for us to see if that makes a difference. And maybe that's the right. way to keep these patients on um, 
biologic therapy with the infliximab is to add the methotrexate early, not waiting for for a reason to do it. And maybe you could prevent all this Absolutely. other stuff happening Absolutely. in certain. All right. All right. Well, thank Yeah. Please. Yeah. So, and, and we had uh, acne uh, in these patients because often early on they'd given bursts of corticosteroid that caused acne flares. And we had a limited number of hydradenitis also as a side effect. Do you think the hydradenitis was a paradoxical event? The patient that had developed it did not have it prior to uh, taking the anti TNF. So, we think it was paradoxical in that case, but today I saw a patient who started with a hydradenitis six months before presentation with ulcerative colitis. And so, you know. So difficult to sort. Is it the or the- <laughs> Yeah, difficult to sort. And, and, and do you recall in that person on the hydradenitis that they were, did you switch biologic or did you just was it a mild disease that would allow you to continue yeah. to treat it topically? Yeah, we were able to treat it topically. Topically, okay. yeah. All right. Well, the uh, yeah. the prospective work will be fascinating uh, right. because you've got to have one of the largest cohorts of right. people that are followed like this. So I, I very much uh, look forward to to this. So thank, thank you, you so again uh, okay. for uh, your time. And uh, I very much appreciate the uh, insight that you gave us into this dermatological event that uh, crosses over into uh, our internal medicine colleagues. So cheers. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Dr. McQuaig pediatric dermatologist at St. Justine University Medical Center in Montreal. They've collaborated with their gastroenterology fellows and have uh, collected 40 patients with cutaneous side effects from their anti-TNF therapy for their inflammatory bowel disease. They describe a unique clinical presentation and I was stunned by the fact that they don't change from their drug very often. So that's in distinction to on the adult side, uh, we're pretty quick uh, to switch uh, biologics for these patients. So it was great and thank you very much. Uh, Remember that you can review the article yourself over the next three weeks as it's offered to you by our publisher without any fee for access. And you can hear our latest episodes by asking your smart speaker to play the JCMS Author Interviews podcast. Give it a try. So I'm Kirk Barber. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, be good to each other.